This is the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers with your host, Robert Ferguson, where you'll get quick, relevant tips to build your speaking business. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Karen Weiberg, who coaches, writes, edits, and publishes books for experienced professionals. Let's get started. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself and your interest in working with speakers. Well, thanks for having me, Robert. I'm excited to be here and talk with you today. Um, I love books, and I love to write. And I love to collaborate with people. So writing and collaborating with speakers is a natural fit for me. And when I'm working with people on books, um, I would say over half of my clients are probably speakers or have speaking as a really significant part of their portfolio. For speakers, you don't have to have a book to be a speaker, but it's getting harder and harder to get on the big stage and to get keynote spots and to charge premium rates if you don't have a book. So there's a really strong business and strategic fit for speakers to have books. And I love working with them. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. So if a speaker, what, what, are they, what happens if they don't feel qualified or they struggle with writing a book? What, what do you recommend they do? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, first, if you don't feel qualified to write a book, well, look at what you're talking about. You have core topics. People listen to you talk about them. They, they want to hear you. They, and some of them probably want to go into more detail on those books. They want to go deeper and into those topics, and a book lets them do that. So you have a built-in audience. Have the confidence that you are qualified to talk about your topic. If you struggle with the writing process itself, for speakers, I have found one of the magic tricks is to talk your content. So you know your topics and your key points. You probably have speech outlines. You're already talking about this stuff. Turn your topics into questions. Expand on the level of detail that you might want to write about. Then have somebody interview you. Have a conversation that you record. That lets them ask questions, go deeper, um, get clarification on things. When you're done with that, you can have the recording transcribed. That becomes your initial words on the page. So then you can start shaping it into a book. And that is, that is exactly what I do with, with many of my clients. When they struggle with blank page syndrome and they're not sure what to say, we talk it out. That makes a lot of sense to me. So in other words, if they're already a professional speaker or they're comfortable in presenting their material, that then becomes their initial draft? Yeah, absolutely. And now myself, I could never do that. I have to think with my fingers on the keyboard. That's how <laughs> I think. But other people I work with, they can speak their content because they're so familiar and they can talk about it all day. It just makes it that much easier if it's a conversation. Fabulous. Yeah. Just curious, is there um, a speaker to you really admire? And, and if so, what, what do you admire about them? You know, I'm a little bit of a political junkie. So I watch all the Sunday morning shows. And I find myself so impressed by 
Chuck Todd and Martha Raditz and Jake Tapper, three of the moderators on the shows we watched. And I am so impressed by their preparation and their really, really deep knowledge of current events. But I'm also impressed that they're so quick and adaptable and they can think on their feet, probably because they have so much preparation, but also that they let their personalities show through. They, they let their humor show up or a little irritation or disbelief when they're having, you know, troublesome interviewees. But that makes them come across as real people rather than just talking heads. Fascinating. And when you talk about political figures, I remember reading somebody who had analyzed all the presidents to date, and they split them into two groups. Those who could speak off the cuff very well and those who only could speak well if they were well prepared. And I think that was an interesting diversion, yeah. but you you've, you see the benefits of those who can speak off the cuff, it sounds like. It, yes, but I do think that they can speak off the cuff because they are so well prepared. They're not prepared with exactly what they're going to say, but they know their topics and content so well that they can follow whatever path they need to with, with the group, that, group or individual that they're talking to. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. One of the things I like to talk about here is it's nice to highlight those who, the, the good things they do, but we also make mistakes. Uh, what's some of the biggest mistakes that you see speakers making? Yeah, when I watch speakers, and I'm thinking a little bit more in a conference or a formal presentation setting rather than a moderator on TV in this case, um, mm -hmm. I see people trying to imitate other speakers too much and not listening to their own voice and developing their own voice. And for example, the really noticeable trend I see right now is with TED Talks. Hmm. I love TED Talks, they're great, don't get me wrong, but there's a certain style that shows up in TED Talks, and you can even Google TED Talk about TED Talks or TED Talk parody, and you will find a couple of really funny videos of people imitating and sort of dissecting the performance behavior of some stereotypical TED Talks. <laughs> it's really interesting, it's, it's, it's humorous, it's amusing. But I see too many people sort of mimicking that style because TED Talks are so popular, but maybe also because they just haven't seen enough other styles modeled for them. <laughs> and there definitely are ways of speaking that are more effective than, than other ways. So no doubt about that. But you do have to get beyond sort of the, the template and the rules to find your own voice. And to writers, this is going to sound really familiar because it's common for young writers to start out, and I say young in quotes, um, to start out by imitating other writers. And it's often unknowingly. So you read a lot of an author and his voice creeps into your writing. And then you read a lot by another author and her voice creeps into your writing. But the trick is to keep reading a lot of different authors and sort of analyze and absorb the parts that work for you. And then just write and write and write until your own voice emerges. And the same really applies in speaking. Keep watching other people, see what they're doing, but practice and practice and practice your own craft until your own voice emerges. That makes a lot of sense. When you're getting feedback from people who say, well, I like what you did over here, not so much over there. I think we look at the content and miss the point about they liked uh, the way we were presenting something that was more authentic. 
that's hard to discover sometimes. Yeah, and if I could give just one recommendation to speakers, it would be around that point of developing your own voice. So when you are getting feedback from people, you have to recognize when to listen to other people, and you have to make sure that they are people worth listening to. <laughs> and I'm not saying ignore them, but I'm saying not all opinions are created equal. Some people are going to have better feedback than other people, and you have to make the judgment as the speaker or the writer to, to know which feedback you want to take in. But then you also have to recognize sometimes you do really, really need to shut other voices out and listen to your own inner voice, you know, listen to your gut, listen to your heart, and, and follow that follow that voice. So as you were developing your own writing voice or your speaking voice, anything that what, when you listen to yourself or read back your own material, things that you discover to help identify this is Karen, this is who I want to be. What did you discover for yourself? Oh, that's a great question. I discovered from a speaking standpoint that I can take in a lot of information and I will listen to people when, when I'm, especially when I'm hearing patterns, mm -hmm. when I'm hearing consistent feedback about something that I should probably tweak, or if I'm talking to some people that I really respect as experts. And then I had to learn for myself to just relax into it and to recognize rules are nice, but rules are also flexible. And I think the same thing comes in writing. You know, there, you, you can get grammar sticklers and punctuation sticklers, and I love a good Oxford comma, but as long as you're being consistent and understandable, you can let your own voice come through and not worry so much about the rules. Makes sense. I, I think when you find it, you'll know it because you'll be relaxed. Yeah, exactly. So based on your own experience of preparing to give a speech, any tips or tricks you can share on how speakers can uh, better prepare to deliver a great presentation? I'll give you two, two major tips. One, when you're starting on a new speech, start developing the content early on. Run it by lots of people. Practice as much as you can in front of a live audience, even if it's your, your spouse or some friends. Get feedback, real feedback because iteration is really key to improvement. And then the, the second tip I would say is if you're someone who talks about emotional topics, really, really make sure you do that live practice. I, if I'm talking about an emotional topic, I sometimes find myself tearing up or losing my voice in practice if I'm just with my husband or my friends. And I would much rather happen there that I get emotional and choked up than have it happen when I'm doing a speech for the first time on stage. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Though, though I think the authentic authenticity of when you get emotional on stage, as long as you can maintain it and don't lose yeah. it can be very powerful. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Well, Karen, this has been great. I really appreciate the tips you've shared. Thank you very much. And uh, as I like to say to our speakers, see you on the stage. Thanks, Robert. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about the power of pausing and how to do it well. Another powerful technique that everyone seems to agree on and few speakers actually do well. The pause. 
In our workshops, I've learned to count the pause when a student stops speaking. I'll ask them, hey, how long was that pause? We get laughs from the answers. Eternity! Or, oh, it was about two seconds. Oh, it's never been an eternity, <laughs> and it's rarely two seconds. Maybe half a second. Maybe. Speakers are horrible judges of time, and the pause is never, never as long as you think it is. I can think of three ways to force yourself to a pause longer. Eventually, you can become a better guesser, but it does take practice. Number one, count. Not one, two, three, but one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, of course, silently. And why don't we count North Carolina instead? It's an extra syllable. <laughs> Second method, take a drink. Not a Marco Rubio attack the water bottle drink, but a just a long swig, relaxed. Method number three, force yourself to have direct eye contact on multiple people in your audience. Oh, a bonus, and it's also a difficult technique. We won't charge more for the extra content, but move. Ask a question on one side of the room, then don't speak until you reach the other. Oh, it's hard, and it's an amazing professional technique that will set you apart. I'm Alan Hoffler. And this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I'd like to think I've mastered the power of pausing, but I'll keep practicing. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Dr. Dave Mignonis, a professional speaker and people skills coach who likes to say he makes smart people people smart. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Key5podcast.com.